Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Face FM, coming to you from the northern tablelands of New South Wales. I'm Megan, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Well, thank you, Megan, for that awesome introduction. You are very welcome. And um, it's good to have you here in the studio again. So, how have you been? What have you been up to? Um, well, I've been to school all week. And how are you? you're going to school school now. You're not doing homeschooling anymore, huh? Yeah. How are you enjoying that? Um, it's quite fun. Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound very convincing, Megan. Mm. Oh, it's just been one of those weeks, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so apart from school, everything else went okay? Very fun. Very fun? What made it fun? I went to a soccer gala day yesterday. Oh, nice. How was that? Um, it was fun, but we lost. You lost? Oh, it's always fun when you win, but did you have fun just playing the game? Yep. Yep, that's awesome. Well, it's good to um, know that you're out there having fun for your week. Now, we have a new guest with us today. Her name is Crystal. Hi, Crystal. How are you? Hi, I'm good. You're good? And now, so just um, to letting our audience know, so whereabouts are you from, Crystal? I live in Rocky River. So that's out near Urella, right? Yep. Yep, nice. Now, do you go to school out there? Um, I'm homeschooled. You're homeschooled. Now, how do you enjoy being homeschooled? It's quite fun. Yep. Learning lots? Yes. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. So, Crystal, how's your week been? Pretty good. Pretty good. What's um, made it good? Um, skipped two days of schoolwork. Oh, now, did that because you um, made it up somewhere else or you just skipped it? Uh, we went to Armadale and went to Tamworth. Oh, nice. So you got to go out and see a little bit of the countryside. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. I guess that's the advantage of being homeschooled. You can do a couple of big days and get a whole lot of work done and go off and do some other things. Yeah. Um, now, Crystal, seems this is your first time on our show. Something we've been getting all our guests and our co-hosts to do is to share with our audience and us here in the studio on who your favourite Bible character is and why. Um, my favourite Bible character is Esther. Esther, yep. She shows a good role model and then how she was brave to face yep. anything, even death. Yep, she did. Hey, that was pretty cool. Hey, I really like the story of Esther. So what's if you had to pick one point in her whole story, what's something that you really enjoy? That she gave up everything to save her um, people. Mm-hmm. It was pretty um, miraculous what she did, huh? Yeah. How about you, Pastor Luke? How was your week? Um, yeah, my week's been pretty good. They, these weeks are starting to fly. Hey, like I go from one Sabbath to another and it's like, hey, we're here already. Um, but, yeah, this week was, was really good. Got to um, hang out with a few of my friends and just enjoy life. So it was really good. Now, Crystal, near the end of last year, I um, I gave you a Bible and set of Bible study guides that you wanted because you were heading off to a music camp that was looking at music and um, Bible studies and stuff like that. So when you got back, you told a whole lot of stories about how awesome it was. I was just wondering, would you like to share a couple of stories of how it was for you being at that music camp back at the beginning of the year? Sure. Well, at music camp, we had these deep Bible studies mm-hmm. and we pulled apart these verses and, like, you know, um, saw the deeper meaning in these verses. Well, it was kind of fun doing the um, the deep Bible studies and I really enjoyed yeah. that. So you started getting a lot more out of those Bible studies than what you'd sort of done before. Yeah. So what sort of Bible passages were you looking into? Can you remember? Um, I think we were looking into Revelation. I can't yep. remember much, but I think we were, yeah, looking into Revelation. Yeah, Revelation's a good book to be going deep in and learning lots about, huh? Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So during this uh, camp, did you feel that you grew more spiritually and getting to know God more? Yeah. Yeah, how how so do you think? Um, A little bit more than I used to. Yeah. So just in the more spending time with people, spending time in the Bible, yeah. learning from that. Oh, that's awesome. These these camps are good for that. And I guess you would have um, enjoyed the music as well. Yeah. So did you sing, play an instrument? What did you do? Um, I was singing in the um, choir. Yeah. Oh, that would have been good. That's awesome. Now, you had um, 
Noah was down there with you too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so Noah's one of our regular co-hosts that we have on the show, um, and he was down there as well. So, Crystal, how many people were in this choir? Was it a big choir, small choir? Uh, it was pretty big. Yeah, pretty big. So, what, 20, 30 people, a bit more? Uh, maybe 30. Maybe 30. Oh, that's pretty cool. That would have been really nice to be able to be in a big group of people all singing songs, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been cool. So, Megan, since last time that you've been on the show, we had uh, Big Camp a couple of months ago. Um, so how was, how was that experience for you? It was super fun. All the songs in the junior tent were fantastic. They were, weren't they? I was in the junior tent. The um, band from Plus One down at um, Kurumbong, they did a fantastic job, didn't they? Mm-hmm. What else did you like about the junior tent? Well, there were also lots of craft activities, which mm-hmm. I really liked even better than last year because my yep. mum was doing it. Ah, uh, yes, your mum was helping out this year, so that was pretty cool. You sort of helped out a bit too, didn't you? Yeah. So how did you feel like last year at camp you were there just participating and doing the crafts and then this year you were doing the crafts but you were also helping the younger ones out? So did that make a difference for you between the two years? Yes, because helping other people just makes you feel good. Yeah, it is, and it's helping those younger ones. Some of those crafts were a bit hard, weren't they? Yeah, like we made a lantern and mm-hmm. then we had to put all these pieces together at the same time to make it all fit. That was a cool craft. I really enjoyed that one. Well, girls, I'm glad that you had fun at music camp and big camp and all those things and that we've learned more about God and the different activities and the different camps that we go on. But today's show, we are talking about the 1,000 years of peace that is described in the Bible With everything that's going on in the world today, a thousand years of peace sounds like it would just never happen. But the Bible does talk about this time period of a thousand years where there will be peace. And we're going to be getting into that study shortly. Now you can follow along with our study today. Now Megan, if our listeners want to be able to follow along with our study, how can they do that? If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP19 with no spaces to 04888880831 for the PDF of today's study guide. Today we are on study guide 19, 1000 years of peace. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Table and Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Randy Travis with We Fall Down. We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of the mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. We cry, holy, holy, holy We cry, holy, holy, holy We cry, holy, holy, holy Is the Holy, 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 holy,
Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today we're going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guide. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you're a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and you would like to catch up on this study or the previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. We are about to start our study, so if you would like to follow along with us, then text SOP19 with no spaces to 04888-80831. Our study is 1,000 Years of Peace. Before we open our Bibles and our study guides, let's just have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come into the studio today for another study. Lord, as we open your word and these study guides and talk about this thousand years of peace that the Bible talks about, help us to open our hearts and minds to the words of Scripture and that your words on what this thousand years of peace is going to look like and when it's going to happen and what it's going to look like. So Lord, as we open our Bibles now, please speak through us, speak to us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. What hope is there for world peace? Is global peace and security just a dream? How should the nations of the world try to achieve it? And what is the solution to international terrorism and religious tension? The center stage for world conflict is the Middle East. Every United States president has tried to bring peace to the Middle East. This statement from President Obama is typical. And so my message to these two leaders is clear. Despite all the obstacles, despite all the history, despite all the mistrust, we have to find a way forward. Meeting between leaders of the United States, Israel and Palestine in Washington 2009. Notice this statement by a former leader of the Palestine Liberation Organization, Yasser Arafat. Whoever does not accept the fact that Jerusalem will be the capital of the Palestinian state and only that state can go and drink from the Dead Sea and go to hell. Quoted in Unholy War, page 223. This is a conflict of cultures, a conflict of religion, a conflict of civilizations. According to many Christians, peace will never come to the Middle East until a special period called the Millennium. During this 1,000 years, Jesus will come down from heaven and rule the world from the city of Jerusalem. Only then will the problems of the world be over. Not all Christians share this view. Although a thousand-year period is mentioned in Bible prophecy, some Christians think that the time period is totally symbolic and not worth investigating. Others say it has come and gone. What is this mystery prediction of a special 1,000 years? Will this be a time of world peace? Who will be living on the earth at this time? And what role does God play in the final events of the world? This study reveals what the Bible says about the 1,000 years of peace. Please go and read the whole chapter of Revelation 20. This prophecy is extremely important. It answers the big questions relating to how and why God ultimately destroys the curse of sin and what impact this will have on world peace. Question 1. Who alone can bring true peace to this world? Let's look at Isaiah 9.6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. There are no human leaders or peace agencies that can bring about lasting world peace. Yeah, and throughout Bible prophecy, the final scenes of planet Earth are images of upheaval and global stress. Only Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can and will bring peace to this world. Question 2 says, How long will the saved reign in peace with Christ? Revelation 20, verse 4 says, And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The word millennium is not found anywhere in the Bible. It comes from two Latin words, milli, which means a thousand, and annus, which means a year. 
The word simply means a thousand years. Here we find God's people, His church, living and ruling with Christ for a thousand years. The end of the millennium is not the end of living with Christ. The prophet Daniel said the saints would rule forever, even forever and ever. The millennium can be likened to a thousand-year honeymoon in heaven between Christ and his bride, the church. Question 3 in our study says, How many resurrections did Jesus say would occur? Now we find this answer in John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. And the Bible says, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Jesus said there are two resurrections, the resurrection of the good and the resurrection of the evil. In this study, we will see that the two resurrections are bookends separating the beginning and the end of the thousand-year millennium. The resurrection of the good begins the thousand years and the resurrection of the evil ends the thousand years. Question 4. When do the thousand years of peace begin? Revelation 20 verse 6 says, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. The thousand years begins with the first resurrection. Clearly, this is the resurrection of the righteous. And only those who are part of this resurrection will receive eternal life. Question 5 in our study. When does the first resurrection occur? We find the answer in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 to 17. And the Bible says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. The resurrection of the righteous occurs at the second coming of Jesus. Here we find the dead in Christ will be raised from their graves and they will meet the, the living righteous up in the air with Jesus. There is certainly no hint of Jesus, his angels, or the righteous meeting in Jerusalem or anywhere else on this earth. Nor is there any hint of a secret rapture. The first resurrection takes place at the literal, physical return of Jesus and his angels. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP19 with no spaces to 04888808831 for the PDF of today's study guide. Today we are on study guide 19, A Thousand Years of Peace. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today if and it fits perfectly with our study, so stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here's Bart Miller with I can only imagine I can only imagine What it will be like When I walk By your side I can only imagine What my eyes will see When your face Is before me I can only imagine I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory What will my heart feel Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still Will I stand in your presence? To my knees will I fall, will I sing hallelujah, will I be able to speak at all, I can only imagine, I can only imagine, I 
only imagine when that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun I can only imagine when all I would do is forever forever worship you I can only imagine Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. Today we are going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled. Some of them are being fulfilled right now and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 19 and at question number 6. Question 6 says, What will happen to the unrighteous at the second coming? Second Thessalonians 2 verse 8. The Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. When Jesus returns, those people who have chosen a life apart from God will be destroyed by the brightness and purity of his coming. When just one angel came to the earth at the resurrection of Jesus, the guards were struck down like dead men. Can you imagine the scene when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him? The wicked will drop dead like they have been struck by lightning. They will remain dead for the next 1,000 years. The second coming will devastate the whole earth. 
There will be the greatest earthquake in history. Islands will vanish, mountains will be flattened, and giant hailstones will drop to the ground. That's in Revelation chapter 16, verse 18 to 21. These events will destroy the living wicked. The unrighteous, who are already dead, will remain in their graves until the end of the thousand years. Question 7. How does the prophet Jeremiah describe the destruction of the wicked at the second coming? Jeremiah 25 verse 33 says, And at that day the slain of the Lord shall be from one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth. They shall not be lamented or gathered or buried. They shall become refused on the ground. The destruction on planet earth will be complete. Nobody will mourn over the dead and there will be no funerals. The dead just rot on the surface of the earth. The world which has reached well over 6 billion people is now completely depopulated. There will not be one human being alive on earth after the second coming. One of the cleverest deceptions of the devil is the concept known as the second chance theory. Many evangelical Christians believe in a second chance to repent after the rapture. The Bible, however, is clear. When Jesus returns, the wicked are destroyed and there will be no further opportunities to repent. Every person has had the opportunity to accept the gift of salvation. Their case is closed prior to the second coming. There is no second chance. There is no middle ground. There is no neutrality. Now is the time to get ready for Jesus to come. Let's just sum up what we know so far. You know, the millennium begins with the first resurrection, which occurs at the second coming of Jesus. The righteous dead will be raised from their graves. They meet Jesus along with the living righteous in the air. All the wicked are destroyed at this time, and the earth becomes completely desolate. Question 8 says, After the second coming, where does Christ take the righteous for the next thousand years? In John chapter 14, verse 2 and 3 says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That's where I am, there you may be also. The popular view of Jesus ruling this world during the millennium from Jerusalem is not found in Bible prophecy. The whole purpose of the second coming is to gather the righteous and take them all back to heaven to live with Jesus. Jesus promised his followers that he was preparing a home for them in heaven. Jesus said, Where I am, there you may also be. That is why the righteous meet Jesus in the air, not on planet earth. Question 9 says, What will be the condition of planet earth during the thousand years? Well, we find this answer in Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 23 to 26. And the Bible says, I behold the earth, and indeed it was without form and void, and the heavens, they had no light. I behold the mountains, and indeed they trembled, and all the hills moved back and forth. I behold, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens had fled. I beheld... And indeed, the fruitful land was a wilderness, and all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. The world will be destroyed during the millennium. It will not be a place of peace or prosperity. The earth will be empty. Jesus said it will be destroyed, just like Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. Far from being a place of glory, the earth will be like it was prior to creation without form and void. The planet Earth will become a wasteland. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP19 with no spaces to 04888808831 for the PDF of today's study guide. Today, we are on study guide 19, A Thousand Years of Peace. Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Randy Travis with Through the Fire. So many times I've questioned 
Certain circumstances are things I could not understand. Many times in trials, weakness blurs my vision. My frustration gets so out of hand. Just then I am reminded I've never been forsaken. I've never had to stand the test alone. As I look at all the victories, the spirit rises up in me. It's through the fire my weakness is made strong. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy or the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered victory without fighting, but he said help would always come in time. Just remember when you're standing. In the valley of decision, and the adversary says, "Give in." Just hold on. Our Lord will show up, and He will take you through the fire again. I know within myself that I would surely perish. If I trust the hand of God, He'll shield the flames again. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy, that the hill would not be hard to climb. No, He never offered victory without fighting, but He said help would always come. Tableland Explorers, we have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are studying about the Thousand Years of Peace. We have discovered that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is the only one who can bring true peace to this world. This Thousand Years of Peace that Jesus brings starts at the first resurrection that happens at the second coming of Jesus, our Prince of Peace. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number 19 and at question 10. Question 10. What happens to Satan during the thousand years? Revelation chapter 20. Verses 1 to 3 says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. Satan is not destroyed at the second coming. He is chained and thrown into a bottomless pit. Once again, prophecy uses symbolic imagery here. Let's investigate what this means. Satan in the bottomless pit. The original Greek word for the bottomless pit is abusos. This means a dark wasteland, a state of chaos, a desolate region. 
It doesn't mean a giant chasm that literally has no bottom in it. The condition of the world during the millennium is the same as it was prior to the creation. A bus without form and void, a bottomless pit. Satan bound by a chain. The devil will be bound to this earth without anyone to tempt or harass. He can no longer deceive anyone because the righteous are all in heaven and the wicked are all dead. The chain that binds Satan is not a literal chain. He is a spirit who could easily slither out of the strongest chain. The devil will be bound by a chain of circumstances that stops him from doing what he does so well. Even today, if we have a circumstances beyond our control, we use the expression, my hands are tied. God has given the devil 1,000 years to meditate on his actions and the horrendous results of his choice to sin. Question 11 says, What will the righteous do in heaven during the 1,000 years? Revelation 20 verse 4 says, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. The righteous will not reign on earth. They will be in heaven with Jesus. During the time, they will continue to become intimate friends with Jesus. They will also be involved in the judgment of the wicked. God will open up the record books of heaven and show his people the lives of the wicked and they, and the choices they made. During this time, our many questions will be answered. Why is a serial murderer in heaven and yet my pastor or mother not there? People will see evidence demonstrating just how much God tried to save every person and everyone will be satisfied that God is true and right judge. This is a time also for God's people to make decisions with Jesus about the punishment of the wicked. God involves his people in this process to ensure they understand the nature of his love and justice. Okay, let's summarize the last few questions that uh, we've been talking about. You know, during the millennium, the righteous will be in heaven. They will spend quality time with Jesus and be involved in reviewing the judgment and the judging of the wicked. This is a time where questions will be answered. There will be eternal certainty that God is fair and just in his judgments. Back on earth, the only inhabitants will be the devil and his angels. These demons will be bound by the chain of circumstances that ensures that they can do nothing but contemplate God's love and the horrific results of their choices of sin. Question 12 of our study says, What happens to the wicked at the end of the thousand years? Revelation 20 verse 5 says, But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. At the end of the thousand years, all the wicked from the whole history of planet Earth will be raised from their graves. This event results in the devil being released from his prison. The devil is released because he now has something to do again. He has billions of people to work his deceptive mischief on. He can now taunt and tempt people all over again. Question 13. What and who comes down from heaven at the end of the thousand years? Revelation 21 verse 2 says it. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. At the end of the thousand years, the holy city descends from heaven, inhabited by God's people. The golden city lands on the Mount of Olives, now this is the time for Jesus to rule from Jerusalem. But it is not the old city in modern Israel. It is the new city created by God. The holy city is so majestic that it is described as looking like a bride adorned for her husband. The city has walls made of jasper and streets made of gold. There are 12 gates made from solid pearls and the foundations are made from a variety of precious stones. We have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So save this number in your phone, 04888-8831. That's 04888-8831, and wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Chelsea Moon and the Friends Brothers with 
in the secret of his presence. In the secret of his presence, how my soul delights to hide. Oh, how precious are the lessons which I learned at Jesus' side. Earthly cares can never vex me, neither trials lay me low. For when Satan comes to tempt me, to the secret place I go, to the secret place I go. Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are studying about the thousand years of peace. We have seen that this time period is also called the millennium. The Bible says that during this time, the righteous will be in heaven, reviewing the judgment and judging the wicked. Satan is bound in a bottomless pit by a chain of circumstances. This is also the time when all our questions we have will be answered by Jesus. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We're on study number 19 and at question 14. Question 14 says, What will Satan influence the wicked to do when they are raised from the dead? Revelation 20, verse 7 and 8 says, Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. 
Even after a thousand years, the devil will not have changed. He will go out and deceive all the wicked to join him in the final battle against God. One of the saddest statements in the Bible describes the wicked as the sand of the sea. Here, literally billions of people join the devil in a last-ditch effort to gain control of the universe and the glorious holy city of God. This is Satan's last stand, a stand that will result in his final doom. What happens to the wicked when they attempt to attack the city of God? Revelation 20 verse 9 They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. When the devil and his army surrounded the city, God will step in and bring a halt to the whole situation. The wicked are judged and according to their works and hellfire will come down. This is the hell of the Bible. The wicked, including the devil and his angels, are destroyed in the lake of fire. The destruction of evil is an act of justice, not cruelty. This event is just as heartbreaking to God as seeing the death of his own son on Calvary. Nevertheless, he knows it must take place. God has done everything he could to save the ones who are now to be destroyed. He loved them and gave his life for them, but they persisted in their rejection of his love. God cannot afford to let sinners into the new earth. To do so would perpetuate sin, suffering, and misery. Let's just sum up the last couple of questions that we have been reading. After the millennium, the holy city comes down from heaven onto the earth accompanied by Jesus and the righteous. The wicked are also raised from their graves in the second resurrection. The devil influenced them to unite in a last-ditch attack on God and his holy city. As they move to attack the city, God steps in and executes judgment through hellfire. The devil is destroyed, the wicked are destroyed, sin and sinners are forever gone from the universe. If you have downloaded the study guide, there is a diagram on page 14 that shows us what happens before, during and after the millennium. So the list of things that happen before is that Jesus returns, righteous dead are raised, living saints are caught up to Jesus, the wicked are slain and Satan is bound. That's what happens before the millennium. So now the millennium starts. During the millennium, the righteous are in heaven, the wicked remain dead, Satan bound by a chain of circumstances, and the righteous will judge. At the end of the thousand years, at the second resurrection, Christ, saints, and the city descends, the wicked dead are raised, Satan is released, the last judgment happens, Satan and sinners are destroyed, and the earth cleansed and renewed. Question 16 says, What will God do to the earth once sin has been eradicated? Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 and verse 4. And the Bible says, verse 1, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. And verse 4 says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. After witnessing the tragedy of hellfire, Jesus will wipe away the tears from every eye. God will ensure that sad final scene will never be remembered again. All traces of sin will be gone. God's people will have an eternity of happiness in a brand new perfect earth. Question 17 says, What will it be like to live in the new earth? Psalms 16 verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is a fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. No one will be bored in the new earth. There will be pleasures forevermore. This will be a place where we can create and build whatever we like. Isaiah 65 verse 21 and 22. Jesus will be living with us so we can spend quality time with him. That's Revelation 21 3. We will have perfect health and never get tired. That's Isaiah forty thirty one. The new earth will be a paradise for animal lovers, lions and lambs, bears and cows, all playing together and being led by young children. Isaiah eleven six and 7. 
God will especially design the new earth for us to enjoy life and spend each moment getting to know Him better. We have an awesome free offer for you today, and it fits perfectly with our study. So save this number in your phone, o four triple eight eight zero eight three one. That's o four triple eight eight zero eight three one. Wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tablelands Explorers on Faith FM. Here's Kayla Hopkins with Greater Than Grace. What do you say to someone who feels like they've lost it all? Over the edge with no one there to break their fall. What do you say to someone who feels so unloved? Giving themselves away a little bit every day just to be good enough. What do you say to a hopeless soul? We can't remember their way home And it's so hard for them to hear the truth There is no Welcome back to Table and Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we have been studying about the thousand years of peace. We have seen that the start of this time of peace starts with the return of Jesus, where the righteous dead are raised and the living righteous are caught up to meet Jesus in the sky. The living wicked are slain and Satan is bound. During the millennium, the righteous are in heaven. 
The wicked are dead. Satan is bound by a chain of circumstances and the righteous will judge. At the end of the millennium, Jesus, the righteous, and the city descend from heaven. The wicked dead are raised to life. Satan is released. The last judgment takes place. Satan and sinners are destroyed and the new earth is made new. We get to watch Jesus make a new heavens and a new earth and live with Jesus forever. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. So it's come time for our three points to remember segment of our show now. And the three points to remember about our study today is there are two resurrections, the resurrection of life and the resurrection of condemnation. Point number two, there will be a thousand years between the two resurrections. And point three is the saved will be with Jesus in heaven during the thousand years. So girls, what do you think about those three points? And remember, do you think they sum up our study fairly well? Yes, because it's pretty much just saying what we've all talked about and yeah. Yeah, because it's mostly what we've summed up on. It is, isn't it? Like the whole point of what we've been talking about is this thousand years, what happens before, what happens after and what happens during. And those three points really do sum that up, don't they? It's now time for the story. Neil was a young German man who decided to stop going to church and start experimenting with alcohol, girls and parties. Each time Neil came home late at night, his mother was waiting to bury him for his actions. While a family friend was staying in the home, the mother asked a friend to talk to her son. When the family friend asked Neil what he believed God thought of him when he did the wrong thing, he was very blunt. He hates me. The visiting friend knew immediately he had discovered a key issue in the heart of Neil. Neil did not want to live forever with God because he misunderstood God. Neil had been tricked by the devil into thinking that God loved him when he was good but hated him when he was bad. The visiting friend showed Neil a text in Jeremiah thirty-one three. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. As tears poured down the face of young Neil, he was asked if he would like to accept Jesus as his friend and saviour. That night, as Neil and his friend knelt down by the bedside, Neil made his decision to live forever with Jesus. Have you made your decision for Jesus? Yes, I've made a decision to follow Jesus, and I think the story really brings out this point of where the Bible text that's in the story in Jeremiah 31, 3, where it does say he has loved thee with an everlasting love. No matter what we are doing or what we have done, like God still loves us. You know, Those people that he destroys the, that aren't following him at the end of time, he still loves them. Right? And it's important to know that he does love us when we are good and when we are bad. So, Megan, what do you think about the story? Well, I really like how God loves us even if we're bad. Yeah, that was something that really stuck out to you? Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. What about you, Crystal? Well, I like how the story told um, Neil how um, even though if you're still uh, bad, he won't hate you. He'll still love you. Yeah. That's it. It's beautiful to know that God will never hate us, huh? So girls, what would you say to someone who says that they don't want to go to heaven unless their whole family are there also? Yeah, it would suck if your family isn't there, but Jesus is what you you should be looking forward to. And if you're worried about your family not being there, start telling about Jesus. Wow, that's an awesome answer. I think I would do the same. I'd say the same thing. That, well, you need to start telling them about Jesus so they can believe in what Jesus is about because Jesus is the reason we want to go to heaven. Crystal, what about you? Yes, I agree that the ideal time to tell them to share with their family about Jesus so they will be there. Yeah, you're right. That's so good, isn't it? All right, let's think about this one. Imagine your first conversation with Jesus. What would you like to say to him? I would ask him a question. The first yep. question would be, why were mosquitoes invented? Mosquitoes, huh? <laughs> not a big fan? No, not no. a big fan. Uh, 
We all have those sorts of questions, don't we? You know, mine, mine would be, thank you. You know, like there's so many other things you could say, why did this happen, why did that happen, and all this sort of stuff. But then in the end, I think we're going to be that blown away and amazed by the glory of God coming. It's just going to be like, thank you for coming and getting us, and thank you for everything that you did. Yeah, you're right. I would just thank him for everything he's done for us. Yeah, and you know, we have like that thousand years to ask those questions. Why did he create mosquitoes? Why did he let all these other things happen? And that's all we're going to have that time for. But I think that first initial conversation is just definitely going to be, thank you, I love you. Crystal, how about you? I would say thank you for dying on the cross for us, mm. even though we didn't deserve it. And thank you for sharing the web with us. Yep. So, girls, what do you think you will love the most about living in the new earth? That there will be no sin, no sadness, no sore knees. Yeah. Uh, no other things that might hurt us. Yeah. And uh, that all the animals will be very friendly, unlike now. Yep. How cool would it be to be able to, like, just cuddle up to a lion yeah. or a cheetah or something like that? It'd be pretty cool, yeah. huh? So, Megan, what about you? Yeah, I would just love all the food because there'll be an endless mm. table of food. Yep. And then you'll be walking on streets of gold, and that'll just be super fun. I, I agree with all of you. Like they, they look fun. You know, something I'm going to be enjoying is just sitting down with those Old Testament characters, like Moses, Adam, King David, and just chatting and hanging out and just being able to explore the universe. Can I add something else? Yeah, you can. That we will not need to sleep. We'll not need to sleep, yeah. We won't get tired. We'll be able to just explore the universe. And most of all, I think the best part about being in heaven is actually physically being with Jesus. Like right now that we have Jesus through the Bible and through prayer, and we believe that he is with us through the Holy Spirit, but not physically here that we can walk and talk with, and that's going to be the best part about heaven, I think. Yeah, I got another one. Yeah? I wonder if we'll get wings. You know, that's quite possible because some people say we will and other people say we don't. Not really 100% sure on that, but it will be pretty cool if we do, huh? We might just be able to fly like Superman without wings and just be able to fly. We don't know. But there's something there. It's going to be exciting. We have to be able to fly when we go to heaven, right? Because we leave this earth and meet Jesus in the air and then fly to heaven. So we have to fly somehow. Yeah, and maybe our guardian angels will just pick us up and fly us up. Yeah, they could too. They could too. True. Okay, so with every study that we do, no matter if it's here in the studio or a study that we're doing uh, at home with our friends or with our pastors, there's always we always need to respond to that study. And so at the end of this study, we have a response question. And that response question is, where will you be during the thousand years? When God has made everything new, would you like to be in the new holy city of God and live with Jesus throughout eternity? My answer to that question is yes. How about you girls? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? I definitely, definitely want to be in heaven during that thousand years. It's going to be exciting. Well, thank you girls for coming into the studio for the study and thank you to all our listeners, no matter where you are, whether you're in your home, whether you're driving or wherever. We want to thank you for tuning in today. Now, as we finish our study, let's just have a word of prayer. Crystal, would you like to close in prayer for us? Sure. Let's bow our heads and start our prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this lovely um, opportunity that we could be here today. And uh, thank you that we can study your word and how that we can be with you for the thousand years. And please help us to have a great opportunity with you when we see you soon and thank you for being with us and caring for us and we love you lord in jesus name amen amen it has come time in the show to give you the code word for today's free offer today we have a book titled the millennium track this book will go more in depth in understanding the millennium if you enjoyed our study today and you would like to study the millennium more then this book is for you if you would like this book you need the code word hashtag te 31. Text that code to 04 888 80831 
and our Faith FM bot will take down your details and we will get this book to you as soon as we can. We only have 20 to give away, so text in now. The code word again is hashtag TE31 with no spaces. Text that code to 04888808831 to get your free copy of the book The Millennium Track. Our next study is called Buried Under Water. When Jesus was baptized, was he simply following the customs of his time or was his baptism different? Was the baptism of Jesus a fulfillment of prophecy? Is water baptism still relevant today? If so, how important is it? Why is that different churches seem to baptize in different ways? And does it really matter? Join us next week as we explore the Bible to answer those questions and discover the rich meaning behind the symbol of biblical baptism. Thanks for tuning in today to Table and Explorers on Faith FM. If you're not sure about any of the things we've talked about on the show today, we want to encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity, and study the Bible for yourself. As David says in Psalm 119, God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God bless and we will catch you next time.